to Interviews. Hi, I'm your host, Sophia Negron, a former professional dancer turned professional photographer. Here's where I interview former professional artists that have moved on to a new career and learn about their stories of discovery, transition, passion, and resilience. My hope is that you will feel inspired to embrace your creativity, see the value in it, and let it color the rest of your endeavors. So, what will be your act two? Hi, I am Sophia Negron, the host of Act Two Interviews, and I am here today with Jimmy Sercosta, hope I said that right, who is a former rock and roll star and <laughs> now is a real estate agent under the umbrella of Corcoran here in Manhattan. So welcome, Jimmy. Hey, what's going on? I'm Italian, so it's Circosta, and you have to hold your hand like this. Circosta. That's right. That's how Italians say it. The Americans do say Circosta. 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 Yeah, with a really big, bad American accent. I'm used to calling you Jimmy C, so I was like, oh, wait, I got to say his actual name. What is it? <laughs> is good it's yeah fine. all right so you were a musician prior to becoming a real estate agent what was that journey like when did you start being a musician you played the guitar and sang so when did you start doing that and how did you become a big rock and roll star I think I got my first guitar at 14 and by the time I got into high school, I was in a band, a cover band. Okay. And we were the most popular cover band in our town. And I grew up in Massachusetts. Uh, my town was Ludlow. Okay. And I had a Les Paul at the time. Great guitar. And uh, we played a lot of different music. And then I went to Berkeley School of Music. And I studied songwriting. And it was primarily a jazz school. But yes. there were a lot of different pop things going on and rock things and like, you know, not just jazz. Yeah. So uh, I, I did that. And then when I came to New York City, I came because I was in a band and the singer wanted to go to New York City once I graduated Berkeley. And we came here and we played a lot of great gigs. We played at the Palladium. We played at the Limelight. played at CBGB's. We played at the Bowery Ballroom. So we played at a lot of really cool venues. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was great. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't pay the bills doing that. I had to bartend and wait tables to, to pay the bill. Yeah, as all artists, I think we all have to pay our dues, as they say, and bartend, wait tables, things like that. What was the band called that you... Well, probably the band that um, got the most notoriety was Flavor Sargent. And one of the problems with this band is no one can spell Sergeant. No one in the whole world. I've asked everyone to spell Sergeant. So, unfortunately, <laughs> nobody can <laughs> spell it. So if you, if you want to listen to my band, you can go to iTunes or um, Spotify. But okay. you have to know how to spell Sergeant. So I'm going to tell you. All right. Actually, first, you try. Well, I can't cheat because I already saw the name, but probably uh, most people spell it S-E-A. 
or it's s-e-r-g-e-a-n-t and nobody can get that it's it's insane i couldn't even spell it until i was in a band with that name i but tried Sergeant... to get, i tried to get the band to spell it like phonically like s-a-r-g-e-n-t but i was told that was incorrect and i'm like we're in a rock band how correct can we be <laughs> exactly exactly so were you like big hair makeup yeah, we went through phases. In the early 90s, our hair was bigger, and uh -huh. there was some makeup going. Uh, at one point, we had a makeup artist that would actually put things on us before we played, but it took so much time because she was a perfectionist, and she did a really good job, but it took a lot yeah. of time. Uh, and then, you know, as things got grungier in the in the 90s, we started to, to um, less makeup, shorter hair, a uh, little tougher. And then, you know, the, the band kind of petered out in around around 2003. Okay. And, uh, that's when I got into real estate in 2004. Oh, nice. So when you decided to go to Berkeley, did you have any pushback when you were like, I want to be a musician? Was there anybody that was like, nah, nah? <laughs> yes, my father. Okay. My father said, no. There, you, you play music on your own, I get it, but you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be a doctor. Okay. And I was like, you know what, I'd rather just take a year off and travel because I never got out of the U.S. I was, you know, the furthest I had gone is Canada because I played hockey. Oh, so okay. I was like, why don't I just travel? And he's like, well, you'll never go back to school. You'll never go to college if you don't go now. That was his opinion. So I did some pretty strong negotiate, negotiating with my father. And I said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Berkeley School of Music, but I'll get a degree. I won't just go for music. I'll get a bachelor's degree. So then he felt better. He said, well, yeah, then if you want to be a lawyer down the road and you have a bachelor's degree, or if you want to be a doctor, at least you can do that. Okay. So I got him to agree to let me go to Berkeley School of Music and help me pay my bills because he did. He helped me pay for my housing. That's good. That's I, great. I scholarships and I got student loans for, you know, the, the tuition. Right. Okay. All right. So did, when you, when you got out and you guys went to New York, was he feeling a little bit better now that you were kind of playing at all these clubs? I mean, were you feeling like you were more successful? <laughs> I might have, but he, no, he wasn't feeling no. He would watch some of the videos and he would like complain that I was cursing too much. Because we, we did, a, we did a, a show at the limelight and we did it literally right before Christmas, like three or four days before Christmas. So it was a great show because everybody was home to see their families and the limelight was a great venue. Yeah. For those, for those of you who don't know it, you missed out on it. Uh, it was called the Rock and Roll Church on Sundays. And, uh, yeah, we did that gig, and it, it was awesome. That's cool. That's great. Now, how did you decide to do real estate? Yeah. What? You know, I, <laughs> I got into, I got burnt out on the restaurant um, business as I was burnt out on the music business. Yeah. When the band started to fall apart. It was, it was really draining. It was really hard for me. 
because mm-hmm. you know you get very involved in your art. And we we were true artists. Like if we played a cover, it was an, it was an amazing event. My guitarist would not play covers, okay. and he still plays and he plays in multiple cover bands now. But I used to like to take songs and make them into our own. Um, so to get back to your question, it, it, it was really tough to transition into real estate, but I had a few people. I was a bartender uh, in Lincoln Center, and some of my regulars would say to me, like, look, you're such a good listener. You're the best bartender. You make the best drinks. You know, maybe you should go into real estate. There's more money in real estate. You know, there's, you know, 15% of a, a burger and a beer, or you could be selling apartments. And also my father was like, I hear real estate's worth a lot of money over there. Maybe you should try real estate. And then I, my girlfriend at the time was kind of whispering in my ear, yeah, that's a great idea. So <laughs> there was a, a few people. And um, before I got into real estate, though, I was in a branding company. And we were making websites and we were creating logos. Okay. And, uh, I didn't know how to get paid doing that. I wasn't very good at getting paid. We were good at doing it. And yeah. then I got into real estate and I learned how to negotiate much better. So if I could have went back and gotten to real estate first and then played in my band, I think maybe we would have been more successful because we would have understood a little bit more what our time was worth. It's tough as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely tough. And, you know, people don't always think that becoming an artist or doing art is worth, worth it. So, you know, it's, it's hard to make a living because people aren't valuing it as much as they do, you know, football. Um. <laughs> and, and you, you know, as when we were playing music and writing, when I wasn't waiting tables or bartending, I was working on my music. We were rehearsing three or four times. It was a full-time job and people don't understand that, you know, the hardest thing about being an artist is just being an artist and not having to work other jobs to supplement it because that's hard. You know, if you want to be yeah. an outlier and be the best, you got to focus on that. And yeah. that was the biggest struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think being an artist is definitely a full-time job and it doesn't pay. I mean, I had the same conversation with, with Brittany a few weeks ago where, you know, she, she said, I looked at dance and I was like, you know, I want to have a lifestyle. I want to be able to be able to pay my bills and not have to worry about whether I'm going to eat the next day or I don't want to have to live with six other people in a tiny little apartment, you yeah. know, on the Lower East Side kind of thing. So it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Very tough. So what did you, when you, when you got into real estate, did you feel like you could incorporate some of your musician skills into that new career? Well, yes. So part of it was the creative part. And that, that helped me later on in my career. Because when I started selling apartments, I started staging apartments. Okay. So I did the creative, picking furniture, um, I have fun with that. I, I like to create new things, uh, and I try. I try to be as focused on you know the apartment, how we're trying to sell it, what kind of demographic we're looking to mm-hmm. sell it. But mostly, 
the thing that helped me the most was being in the music business, you're constantly being told no. People are rejecting you constantly. People won't even listen to your demo and reject you. They, they don't pay mm-hmm. attention to you because you don't know the right people. Right. Now, I'm not saying we were super talented and we wrote amazing songs and we should have made it. We do have some great songs if you listen to the CD. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, for an audience, people could, could really like it. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, being rejected and getting into real estate and realizing that everything isn't going to work out. Like when I got into real estate, there were certain periods where I wouldn't make any money. And as a real estate agent, you don't get paid unless you close. Right. So let's sign a lease or sign a contract and go to a closing for sale. You're not making any money. At Coming from the music business, I think I, I had a lot more resilience. Like I could bounce back faster. I understood yeah. that not every deal was going to work out for me and that it was more about relationships and people. Cause I, I you know, I'm a people person, you know, me. Yeah. And, uh, that, that's was the, probably the biggest thing that helped me from being in the music business was understanding that it's not always going to work out and yeah. you know, keep working until things hit. Right. Yeah. I mean, resilience, I think as artists, we definitely res- learn resilience and it's so important if you, are in the real estate business or, you know, anyone that has their own business, you do have to kind of be used to hearing no and just going, okay. As another guest I had, Paige, she had said, you know, failure isn't isn't a bad thing. It just means that you need to go in a different direction. It doesn't mean anything about you. It's just what happened. So, right. you know, I like that you realize that connection from having, you know, gaining resilience in your music career and taking it into real estate. Cause I think I find a lot of artists and musicians feel like they have no other skills. You know, like what else am I going to do? I know how to play guitar. What else? And I think even people around them a lot of times may think, well, you know, why waste your time playing guitar? That's not going to give you any skills. It's not going to teach you anything. A lot of people like, a lot of uh, my clients like the fact that I played guitar and mm-hmm. they'll listen to my CD. Nice. Some of them, some of my clients are musicians and I'll give them my CD. That's awesome. I copies. So, you know, it's a talking point and, you know, everyone loves music. Music is universal. Right. You know, yeah. something we all need to, to keep us going. Yeah. I, you know, music is still a big part of my life. Right. So how long, how long did you do music? Forever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) From like like 14, uh, geez, 20 years, I would say, at least. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 15 years I was really focused on writing and playing, and five years I was a kid playing covers. Right. But once I got into college, I would say I was pretty serious about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I went to Boston Conservatory, which – when I went to Boston, we actually shared dorms. That was very far from me. Yeah, we shared dorms with Berkeley. That was our cafeteria. It was like leading lambs to slaughter, but <laughs> yeah. But you know, we went over there. That we lived on the fourth floor, and we ate in the cafeteria. So I had a lot of friends that went to Berkeley, and you know, went to a lot of calf shows. And one big difference from music. 
writing music is, you know, there's thousands of bands and only a few make it every year. Right. That, that really stick out and make it and sell records and make money. Yeah. Everybody needs to live somewhere. So as a real estate agent, I had a much better chance of succeeding because yes. that's a, that's a necessity. We all need, we all need housing. We all need a home. Right. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think you love the most about being a real estate agent? You know, it's probably not being tied down to a desk. It's probably, I like people. I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. uh, I like being outside. I like apartments. Um, I like staging apartments. I love to negotiate. Like I don't shy away from it. Okay. Um, you know, and it, it's a, it's a good business for me because from the very beginning, I just hit the ground running. Right. I've yeah. been lucky to be a top producer, probably more than half of my career at city habitats. And now I'm with Corcoran. So that's great. One that's... day we'll be able to show apartments again, hopefully when the pandemic yeah subside here we get a vaccine yeah what do they do you know what phase they're supposed to let real estate open uh, back up two. we're in phase oh. two and phase one started last monday so potentially on the 22nd of june we could be showing apartments in person again okay. i don't know what will happen yeah i hope i hope and i and i hope to stay healthy and i hope i don't ever get anyone else sick if i do get sick so yeah. I'm trying to be as careful as I can. That's good. So tell me, like, what what kind of apartments do you find? Are you doing mostly rental or sale, or is it a mix of things? Um, I, I do a mix of things. I like to rent a lot of co-ops and condos because the, the owners tend to give me a shot when they want to sell them. Some oh, of them, okay. they don't even talk to other brokers because they've seen me in action. And then some of them may interview other people, but they will give me uh, a chance to present to them. Yeah. Um, that's part of what I do. I also work with people who want to rent apartments and I have a team when I can't work with people who want to rent apartments. I have a team that helped me that can take the clients that have, you know, have similar values as I have. Mm -hmm. And then I, I love selling apartments. And selling apartments means I may be able to get buyers I'm going to sell that apartment if I get that listing. So okay. I, that's, you know, every side of the business apartments or even townhouses. I've sold a half dozen townhouses in my career. Okay. I like selling. There's no boards, no co-op or condo boards. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a friend that bought an apartment a while ago and she had to go through several co-op boards <laughs> and it was well, not fun. She probably, Oh, you mean, well, she went through one co-op board, but it probably seemed like an extremely long process. Well, no, she because she bought up in Westchester, so she actually oh, went to a few different. She went to a few different buildings, and oh. so I think she did one or two applications. Wow. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. You need to help you through that process. Yes. I tried to send her to you, but she already had somebody. Oh, so <laughs> everybody knows someone. Yes. I'm get to them first. It's not easy. <laughs> no, but you know, I mean, I feel like that's the same with with music. They, you know, sometimes it's it's who you know, 
It's not yeah. how good you are. I mean, you said that earlier, so. Yeah, I, you know, everything is relationships. And I learned that being in real estate and, you know, what, what clients want from you is to know that you're going to go to bat for them and you're going to do anything you can to, to get them the best outcome. Mm-hmm. And it was same thing in music, like record labels wanted bands that would do anything to, to be successful. Yeah. You know, and it's a musician to realize, you know, exactly what you have to do. Like, you know, you have to do it all and you, you, you feel like you are, you really do when you're playing and you're struggling. And that's part of writing the great music is playing and struggling. Yeah. Living the life. Living life. You're down and you're like, no, I'm going to come back. I'm going to do it. And the same with real estate. I mean, yeah. did you, you know, in 2008, 2009, when the whole downturn happened, Even how, right how now, was that? What? Th- that was interesting because 2008 was an amazing year for me. And I went from selling like eight apartments, 10 apartments that year to multi-million dollar apartments. And the year after, no one was buying in 2009. It was very slow on the sales side. Mm-hmm. I think I sold two or three apartments, but I ended up renting 100 apartments. Oh, My wow. team 100 apartments in, in 2009. So the business had just changed, and we yeah. went with it. And That's then I great. started picking up co- uh, co-ops and condo rentals for owners, which I sold later on. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, I mean, you had to diversify and kind of follow whatever that trend yeah, was. Yeah, the business is, where your referrals are. Yeah. All right. Wow. So as far as um, what has been your favorite client or like, I mean, I'm sure all your clients are your favorite, but was there any kind of project or apartment that you found really interesting to sell or rent or, you know, had to overcome some kind of challenge with that or? Well, you're right. There's a lot of favorites. Uh, <laughs> an example, I went for uh, a pitch for an apartment and it was up in Harlem and it was a great apartment. It was a three bedroom with two outdoor spaces, two wow. large outdoor spaces, one off the living room and there was a duplex and one was off the duplex and one faced east and one faced west. So wow. you had sunsets in the morning you know, I mean, uh, sunrise in the morning and sunsets in the evening. And uh, I, I went I went for the pitch for that, and I didn't get it because my price was lower than a different broker. And they ended up going with the other broker. But I, I said to him, I said, look, I wish I could get that amount of money for you for this, for this apartment, but the comps just aren't it, – it's just not working out like that. Yeah. We had a good connection. He liked me. And I said, look, you know – Three months from now, you're gonna be you're gonna have multiple price reductions, and you're gonna be at the price I'm telling you, maybe lower, and you're gonna call me. And sure enough, he called me three months later, and he said you were absolutely right. She keeps asking to lower the price. His, his current broker, and I got the listing, and we put it on. He took my advice for the price, and we ended up going into contract in like 20 days. 
and we sold for the highest price point in the building ever. Wow. So it was really cool. That was a really cool. And I love that apartment. I love those outdoor spaces. And the owners, yeah. you know, they, they, they were on the Jimmy C team and we were all smiling when we closed. We had a really good, it, it was really good uh, uh, transaction. That's great. I think that just goes to show that experience and understanding the market, you know, helps a lot. You know, you want to have that training it, behind you. <laughs> it helps when your customers listen to you. Now, the first time around, he didn't listen to me. But the second time around, I became the professional. And he thought, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'm going to follow him this time. And it worked out for both of us. Yeah. Or yeah. So the, and I mean, I see a correlation because as a musician, you really are like the master of your work. But you and you're the one that has all this experience, but then you have this client that's the record producer or the you know director or whatever he is, the studio owner that that's kind of telling you what he wants. And yeah. you know, well, we had a manager and we our manager paid for our recording. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so yeah, she had input, but she really gave us a lot of leeway. That's she good. loved what we did. And she was on board with us. So, but you're right. If, you know, if we had gone to a, a further, if we gotten further, maybe we would have had a producer and we would have collaborated. And hopefully mm -hmm. it would have been a good collaboration. Yeah. They respected what we were doing and tried to enhance it instead of change it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, as, a, as the agent, you, you know, you have the experience and you try to guide them. Oh, but yeah. You know, they I'm, have to... I'm a coach. I, I really feel at the end of the day, I'm a coach. Okay. Because um, people are smart. People know what they want. They just need me to facilitate that. They need me to pick the apartments for them, show them the best that are in their market. That way they don't have to spend, you know, someone's looking on their own. They're looking online. And sometimes the apartments are nothing like what you see online. No. So they could spend a ton of time. I, I listen. I narrow everything down. I bring them to the ones they want. We get a top three, and then we go to work. You know, that's, that's what I do. I save people time, and I find them the best product. Yes, and I think that's really important for any business is being able to narrow that down and listen to the customer and figure out exactly what they want and be able to help them with that problem. You know, because I, I think everybody, I think as, as business owners, sometimes we struggle because we think, well, you know, everybody says X, Y, and Z, but you have to be able to say X, Y, and Z in the same language that your client is going to understand. And you have to be right. able to aggregate all that information and put it into a, something that, that you can hand to them. You know, right. you've taken right. all of that. They have access to all those apartments. They could do all the legwork. Well, they don't have access to everything, but they do have access to most of it. And I always tell them this, like, I like what you like. So tell me what you like so I can start working towards that. Because yeah. we don't care what I like. You can ask my opinion and I'll tell you, but this is all about your opinion. So tell me what you like. And the more feedback you give me, the more I can direct you in the right direction. Yeah.
That's great. I like I like the way you said that, and I think it's really appropriate to any, you know, business owners, musicians, anybody that's doing something. It's it's about with the that place client. Yes, <laughs> Jimmy C with the place to be. So, what would you, you know, after going through the whole musician career? and transitioning into another career, what would you tell young musicians that are kind of starting out or, or transitioning into something else? I guess the first one is as a musician, just try to be as open to as much as you can and just try to focus as much as you can on your art and do what you want to do. Like yeah. you can't just try to be like other people and think you're going to go somewhere. And some people do go somewhere that way. But I think those are the people with the connections. You really have to be an artist. You have mm -hmm. to stay true to yourself. Because that way, when you walk away from it, if you have to, and everybody eventually does, except for the Rolling Stones uh, and you too, everyone else probably retires one day, um, <laughs> you feel good. Like, I look back at my music career and I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, like, that's great. You know, we did everything we could and, um, you know, it was time for me to move on. And, and then when you're moving on, like try to find something that gives you happiness and joy, like you did with your music. So what happens to musicians is we want to make it so bad. We want to make money. We want to, we want to be, we want to have freedom within writing our music. And if we don't get that, it becomes negative. Yeah. For anyone, it's just staying positive doing the best you can and being happy. I mean, if you see apartments with me, you're going to have fun. I'm not going to be like Mr. Sear. I'm going to be serious about the business end of this, but I want you to enjoy it. I want you to walk away from this and, and feel good about it when we're finished with it. Right. Because I like to have fun. And, and it's part of my business plan. I want my clients to smile when they're signing the lease, to smile when they're signing the contract. I want people to to as best we can you know there's a lot of stress when you're finding an apartment so people going into a new career you just got to make sure you enjoy it and if you don't move on to something else like make sure because you when you work you spend most of your time working like yeah. as a real agent i thought i'd make my own hours oh my god i work more than i ever did like when i'm on a roll and i'm working i could work 80 hours a week yeah i'm constantly on call so that whole thing with real estate agents make their own hours. No, we work when people want us to work. And if we don't, they call other agents. Right. That's good to know. That's, that's good. And I think, I think as, as I talk to more artists and entrepreneurs, the, even though we may be working 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week every time we're awake, I think we enjoy it so much that it doesn't necessarily feel like work. And right. we do, we do, we are in charge of our own destiny in a way. Like you, you know, you have to work when your clients, but if you don't like your client, you can say no. <laughs> yes, I, I can say no. And it's not usually because I don't like them. I might be too busy for them, but if right. I don't feel like it's a good fit, I can refer them to someone else. If I don't think they're a good person, um, I just try to come up with a really good excuse not to work with them. Because I don't want to burn any bridges. 
Right. But I, I don't want to. I don't want people to talk down to me or someone on my team. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. We. It, it does help being an independent contractor, but in the end, you know, the buck stops with you. If we don't make money, we don't make money. Right. We're not getting paid because it's our own business. Yeah. We're making our own business. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, what is your burning desire besides having this virus end and being able to sell again? Well, I'd like to be able to see my friends and everyone feel comfortable. Yeah. I'd like to spend more time with my family. Like I got up to, I went to Rhode Island with my father last week to help him get his boat ready because uh, he's going to put his boat in the water in Rhode Island mm -hmm. every year. He has a fishing boat. He likes to fish. Nice. So I spent the whole weekend painting the bottom of the boat, waxing the boat, opening the camper. It was more work than I ever do as a real estate agent. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed like, we actually went to a restaurant there. Okay. Uh, restaurants are open and it was a really great place. I can't remember the name of it, but literally the tables were 25 feet from each other and we were outdoors. Okay. So we didn't even have to wear our masks once we got to the table. When we were walking there, they asked us to wear the mask. Once you okay. got to the table, we were like, there's nobody near you. It was, <laughs> it was great to be in a restaurant. So yeah. you know, I'm just to get back and get getting back to life and, and enjoying people. Yeah. I hear you. I, I, I want to go sit in a restaurant and eat <laughs> 25 feet apart though. <laughs> yeah. 25 feet apart. <laughs> and what is something that no one knows about you, or at least very few people know about you? Well, it just depends how long you've known me, but uh, I used to play a lot of hockey when I was a kid. And uh, my team, when I was a junior in high school, we won the championship. I was all league. Uh, I really enjoyed playing hockey. And I started playing again maybe six years ago. Oh. And I played for a few years. And then we had a fire in my apartment. And I lost my equipment. Oh. But I really got to get back at it and start playing hockey again. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hoser. I'm a hockey player. <laughs> I'm not Canadian, but Massachusetts is pretty close to Canada. So yeah, Massachusetts yeah, gets pretty cold. Hockey players. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. <laughs> talk to us about your trajectory as a musician and how you became a real estate agent. And I hope that all of this advice helps other artists and other musicians take that step in either pursuing that career or when they transition into something else. I am always happy to talk to the best photographer in your city. So, Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> a lot of respect for what you do as well. So thanks. All right. Well, have a great day and I really appreciate you talking with us today. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Act Two Interviews. I'm your host, Sophia Negron. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share with all your friends. Have a great day.